Alana J. Lo. You just got out of the shower. I did. I feel very, very nice and fresh. Came into the bedroom and you were alone for a couple minutes. I was. What were you doing? Uh, putting on some essential oils. I had, well, I had some lavender oil and uh, melaleuca oil, which works just like tea tree oil. It smells just like it too. It's really good. And uh, that's what I was doing. Cool. And listening to listening to good music on my uh, liked and most played playlist. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was listening to BBC Six, as I usually do on Saturday morning, uh -huh. when you're in the shower. And they're playing some new music by Aloe Parks. Really? Yeah. Apparently, I think she has an album coming out in a week or so. I don't think I've heard of this lady. We're going to have to listen to her. She's pretty good. Hmm. Uh, they play here a fair amount on that station. What's her name? Aloe Parks. Okay. Yes. I also found out some other news, babes. What's that? Larry King died. Oh, seriously? Yep. Wow. Co complications from COVID. Well, it, wow. Well, I, I mean, that is very sad. But I, but I knew he wasn't. It wasn't too long before he, he was going to go. How old is it? Was he? Eighty-seven. Close to 90. He made a lot of money and interviewed yes. tons of people. He he left behind a wife and uh, a few kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. He, very sad. Yeah. Did he just die today? Uh, it was either today or last night. Um, they just said it um, when they do the news breaks. Uh -huh. And uh, that's where I heard it. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He was really, he was very close to 90. Give me any thoughts you have of watching him as a small child. I didn't watch him very often, but I, I've i heard clips of his show. I watched a little bit of some things on it, but I didn't really watch a show a lot. So I don't really have a lot to comment, but I, I knew who he, I, I knew of him. I've heard things on him. Um, it saddens me that, um, that he has died, um, even though I didn't really listen to him much you know? uh, i am not going to tell you that he was my all-time favorite interviewer but <laughs> yeah he definitely on occasion would ask some good questions yes 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 mm -hmm. yes it, it is sad I, I wonder if his show is going to go on or if they're going to put it in syndication or you know if someone's going to take over and call it something else because the larry king live show is not going to be the same anymore the one that he did for, was it RT? I don't know. Because I know that he stopped working for CNN about 10 years ago. I had no idea. Really? I, I thought he was still doing that, but I guess I was wrong. No, so they replaced him with Pierce Morgan. Right, yes, yes. Pierce Morgan Live, I believe it's called. Um, but I don't even think he's working for them anymore. No, I have mixed feelings about him. But in any event, yeah. I also I, have mixed feelings about King. I have some mixed feelings about Pierce, too. Because he could be brutal at times, but he had some, you know, uh, when he had interviews, he did say some interesting things about what he thought in, about in the political world. So I didn't really watch his show, but I've, I'm basing my feelings on him based on interviews I've seen. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. And I know that he used to work for, I believe he, he was associated with tabloid journalism in England. Pierce Morgan? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, 
I don't know a whole lot about each of those two guys, but I heard more about Larry King. It might be time to do some research, babes. Okay. You to get familiar with them. I don't really want to, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I will, you know, if I'm bored or something, but I don't really have a lot of interest in, in those guys. I know you're not supposed to say this now after the whole Me Too movement. Yeah. But... I always thought that Charlie Rose was a much better interviewer than Larry King. Yeah, because I heard about Charlie Rose, but I never, I never watched him at all. I, I watched his show a lot. Yeah, I, I think that his show is really good back in the day. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's wrong to talk about that. I think it's important because it, you know, I, it, I know it came out like a couple years ago about Charlie Rose. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. His website is still up, and you can watch full episodes of his interviews, Charlie yeah. Rose. Because he was interviewing since the 80s, right? He was, but I'm talking about his PBS show. Yeah, I, I understand that. I wonder what's going to happen when the website goes away, how we can archive his his episodes, because there's so many good episodes. Yeah. It's just so interesting because... Charlie Rose, like I, I don't, I didn't know much about Charlie Rose at all until this whole thing happened, and um, I was really surprised to hear about Matt Lauer because I used to watch when I used to watch NBC a little bit. Um, sometimes I watched it in the mornings. Uh, I used to watch uh, Where in the World Is Matt Lauer. Uh, it, it was it was very disheartening to me to hear about that. I really don't care about him. But Charlie Rose, I've been watching since 1994. Uh -huh. It was that summer. I was up late. I tuned into his program, and he had on Kirk Douglas. Wow. Who was talking about some plane, or helicopter crafts that he had survived a couple of years earlier. Wow. And he was promoting a book. This was about a year before his stroke. Oh, wow. And then I just remember starting to slowly watch his show and get into it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good show. Good show. Wow. Yes, please. So he interviewed all kinds of people then. He did. Wow. Sometimes he'd have on boring guests, but... But most of the time it wasn't boring. Yeah, most of the time it was pretty interesting. What was the most boring person you watched him interview? I couldn't even tell you because I'd usually just zone out. Go to sleep. <laughs> I used to love when he would have Quentin Tarantino on a show. You, really? Why? Because... Tarantino uh, will often talk about not only his own films, but film history. Uh -huh. And I find that stuff very fascinating. Really? Yes. Yeah. I remember once he was on to promote Jackie Brown twice within like a two-week period. The first time it was just him and Pam Greer. Uh -huh. And the second time it was him and it was like a round table. There were some movie critics and the guy who wrote the book, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. Have you ever read that book? Uh-uh. That's a really interesting book. Peter, is it Nisbet? I might be having the last name wrong. Something Peter. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about the movies that were coming out. Um, it was really, really cool. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Oh, yes, babes. Yeah. J-Lo. Yes? We watched some Deep Space Nine the other day. It was very good. Heavy, but very good. Yes. Do you want me to give an overview of the first episode? Yes, if you would, please. We're on the space station. And what are you doing? I'm putting some uh, milk oil on Okay, I thought you were playing with your phone. No. Why would I do that? I don't know. It's kind of rude. I know. A Vedic who knows Kira, but hasn't seen her in a while, 
approaches. They start talking, go back to her quarters, they're reminiscing. Yep. He gives her something which turns out to be a mini transporter. Mm-hmm. She's taken from DS9 to another station. Is it Impoc Nor? Yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. Impoc Nor. Impoc Nor, yeah. Basically kidnapped. Yes. And it turns out it's by the her friend has joined this radical Bajoran group uh, called the Third Way. Yeah, the, the, was it the third? No, it wasn't. No, no, the third no. Way. it's a pa, a pa, pa rain. rain, pa, pa wraith. wraith, yes, yes, pa wraith, uh, group, which is a, is a, is a Bajoran, uh, militant, uh, terrorist group. Correct. The third uh, way was a, another terrorist group. It's <laughs> there's a lot of terrorist groups in DS9. <laughs> yes. It turns out that Goldicott is now the leader of the pa wraith. Yeah, it was very disturbing um, to see. They want to show Kira how their society is functioning and why it's so great. Mm-hmm. There is a couple who is expecting a child. And Kira is told that this will be the first baby born on the space station. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit skeptical. You know, she goes back and forth with Dukat. Right. The kid is born. And she is clearly part Cardassian. And was it a girl or a boy? It was a girl. It was a girl. And the and the girl looked just like Ducat. Yes. Just like Ducat to a T. He pulls up the baby and says, This is a sign from the gods that everything is going great and everybody goes along with this. Right. Including her uh Mika Mika is uh, the woman. Yes. Including her husband Benyon. Mm-hmm. But Kira is not brainwashed, so she knows that something's up, and she can tell that Mika wants to say something, but isn't. Mm-hmm. So Kira talks to the dad, going around the station, and around this time, Mika is having a heated discussion with Galdicott. Mm-hmm. He leaves her, and tries to open this door to the airlock that she's in and get her blown out to space. That is just, that is just really mean. Yeah. You should never do that to somebody. Uh, provided that you're not on a uh, space station with an airlock. There's an emergency button that Mika presses. It saves her life, but she's unconscious. Yep. And she's taken to the infirmary. Galdicott says that he had a vision and it's the last one that he's going to receive saying that everybody on the space station should kill themselves. Hmm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Mm, well, we're going to get to that. We are going to get to that. Analysis. We're going to get to the analysis part. Yeah. Kira is tied up in this room, and he says, listen, we've contacted Deep Space Nine, and they'll be here for you in a few days. Kira's very upset with all this. Yes. She breaks out just as Dukat is supposed to take the pill, and she takes it out of his hands and smashes it. Mm-hmm. Tells him, well, you can take another one. Yeah, go, yeah. We find out that Ducat was going to kill all these people and then transport off of the space, space station. Uh-huh. Everybody gets mad at him. He leaves. Her friend takes a pill, though. Yep, and says something about faith. Faith, like, why are you, uh, she's saying, don't, don't do this. And, and I think he, she asked him a question like, why, why are you doing this or something? And he goes, faith, Norris, faith. The friend dies in Kira's arms, 
it shows her back at the space station. DS9, mm-hmm. that is. Talking about... I'm sorry, no, she's on the Defiant, I think. Yeah, she's on the Defiant. And they're talking about, well, what are we going to do with all these people? Mm-hmm. And what do his last words mean? And that, if I'm correct, that's basically where the episode ends. Yeah. There is so much to break down here. First of all, I wanted to show you this episode for a long time. Uh-oh. Because I think it's... It's a really interesting commentary on society. To give some context, um, this is about 20 years after the Jonestown Massacre happened. You are right. It is, we're only about five years removed from David Koresh. Yes. And about a year or two removed from the Heaven's Gate cult. Yes, and I do remember that. Which has an interesting connection to Star Trek. Because (laughs) uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Yahora on the original show, I believe her nephew was in Heaven's Gate, if I remember correctly. Wow. And he died trying to... He he died with him. Yes, Going to the Hale Bob comment. Yes, that's a, that was very strange. Yes. So, what does this episode say to you about cults? Um, there are people that are so charismatic that, and I have I kind of go back and forth with the people who actually follow them. Mm-hmm. Are they following them because they truly believe that that's what they can do, or were they? being were um what am i saying are they are they well-meaning people that just got caught up in this situation and they got so caught up into it that they can't get out of it or were they um were they brain were they brainwashed to the point where they don't know what what's true and what isn't true I think it's probably a mixture of people who aren't that intelligent anyway Mm -hmm. and other folks who have ran out of options. And they're just looking for something to believe in and they would take anything that they could get, would you say? That's my assumption. Okay, you might be right about, you might be right about that. I I couldn't tell you because um, I've never been in, I've never been so deeply involved in a cult because I... I knew what I, I figured out something about about whatever situation I was in concerning a cult. Alana doesn't like Mormonism. I wasn't talking about that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't. But <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> um, that's a different story. No, I never got caught up in that. No, other things, but not that. Oh. No, but I saw through it, so I was able to put two and two together. What does Galdicott teach us about cult leaders, if anything? Well, I just thought that this was another evil thing that he wanted to do while he was still alive. I also thought, I was thinking to myself, okay, Kira can see through all of this. But what? But the question I had was, what, what was so charismatic about Ducat that people would want to follow him anyway? Because he's... You know, he was a schemer. I believe that he was a schemer, um, that he was a schemer since I first was introduced to him. Mm -hmm. And he still yet was a schemer. So anything he could, anything he told Kira, Kira wasn't going to believe it anyway. 
but I wonder what was what was so wonderful about him that people would make him um, would revere him as this leader. I I I I wonder that he must have said something so charismatic or looked a certain way. It was it's kind of when I think about when I think about uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, Rajneesh, uh, the Bhagwan. Yes. Rajneesh, right? So, what what could possibly make him so charismatic? I mean, he was just a nor he was just a regular guy from India. Nothing too special about him. Died fairly young, but he was able to bring people together for as long as they were together. But what what made him so charismatic? I wonder. And why were why would Sheila follow him to the ends of the earth? So I mean, and then yeah, I wonder that. I do wonder that. What about you? I think this goes back to Galdicott found desperate desperate people, and it played into his ego to want to mm-hmm. lead them, yeah. because we know that he is full of himself. He's so evil. Mm-hmm. He really is. And I'm wondering. There's an interesting back and forth at the end of this episode where Kira says that Goldicott is more dangerous because basically he believes that he it's he has a, like a spiritual goal now. Yeah, because he she she made a statement that he's really changed, but not for the not for the better. Right, because before he was as high off his own arrogance. Yes. And now that has led him to believe that he has a a bigger purpose. But but it's but it's really a, a purpose for evil. But what do you think that says? Because a lot um, of people f- said similar things about Hitler. Mm. It was through. It, it just to me, it's it's adding more fuel to the fire. You know, he's not just an arrogant person, but now he's an arrogant spiritual leader. Well, let me rephrase the question. Right. Do you think that a criminal slash cult leader who believes that they are doing God's work is more dangerous than somebody who's just out to be destructive for their own goals. I think that's even more dangerous. Why? Because you're, you're playing into people's emotions. You're not just doing it for your own self, but you're putting, uh, you are essentially acting as if you are a God or or you're acting, you are, um, the person is elevating themselves to be God, and that's even more dangerous, hmm. I think. What does Mika's husband teach us about denying truth? Hmm. You know, I was thinking about this, and it, I think he knew something was going on, but he didn't, he, he was denying it because he didn't want to, I'm guessing... This is just my own uh, theory. I'm guessing he didn't want to believe that Ducat could really do something awful with his wife and still be a leader. Hmm. He would. Um, he he did. I don't think he wanted to believe that Ducat was still um, was still out for his own interests and still be the leader of um, the Paul Wraith group. 
Is there any part of you that relates to him? I don't know that there is. Hmm. I don't think so. I can't I can't say that I have been in a situation like that. Interesting. Because I saw through it. I yeah. saw through stuff. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get so caught up in to it so deep that I couldn't get out of it. So uh -oh. I ha I really don't have anything to go on. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're not a more man. M O N. Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> I wanna know J Lo. Yes. Tell me what you think about Kira's, I guess, former friend who kills himself. What do you think brought him to Dakot? I, I really think that going back to what you said, I think that he was a desperate person that was looking for something to believe in. Mm. And when he thought he found it, he thought he was doing... Uh, he was, he thought he was doing something good by following this person and he was willing to die for it. And it's really sad to see, but I think that's, he was one of those very desperate people that didn't know what to do. Would you recommend this episode to anyone? I would. It, it really makes people think. It makes people think. I, I, I really think it makes a person really think about cult leaders in the past and how they were able to gain people's trust. And when they gain, once they gain people's trust, then they could execute their own plans for their own goals and not think about the interests of others. Mm -hmm. It really makes a person think. And when I, when I was, when you were talking about the pills, I thought, Oh, sounds like the uh, Jonestown massacre where everybody took the Kool-Aid. I'll drink the Kool-Aid. I hear you. Apparently, uh, the Kool-Aid thing is a myth, but I still like using it as an analogy. How, who, who reported on that? I, I I read this really interesting book. I think it's called The People's Temple. Yeah, The People's Temple is the name of the church. I know, but I think somebody wrote a book called The People's Temple. Okay. Um, well, then how did they die then? Because they all... they uh, it was The cyanide was put in something else, or it was pills, or I, I forget exactly. Because as far as... I have heard and have seen it was it all came back to Kool-Aid and that's where you get the uh that's where you get I know the, yeah. I know the reference but I th I think it's a nice story which is why I want to keep promoting it but it's not exactly true from what I hear Well how do you know if this well my and I'm not questioning that I'm not saying that you're wrong Yeah I'm just saying I just want to know how do you know that this author is um who wrote this book uh is correct in this um, in this idea. Well, that's why I said apparently. Okay. And not I know for sure that they didn't use allegedly. Kool allegedly, yeah. I would say apparently. Apparently. Um, but it it's a nice myth. It makes me not want to drink Kool Aid, so I go with it. Uh, I'll drink Kool Aid on occasion, but it's honestly too sweet. Yeah. I I like Kool Aid. As long as I know what's what's not in it. <laughs> Imagine being an advertising executive in the 1970s for yeah. Kool-Aid. Yeah. Everything's going well. And then you turn on the TV one day and you hear about Jonestown. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, I got to get a new gig. I like Kool-Aid. I mean, I don't drink it all the time. I think it's too sweet, but I'm not going to stop drinking Kool-Aid just because of that. No, I'm, I'm just having fun, babes. Yeah. You're allowed to. Not take everything so seriously. Oh, 
I heard a funny your mama joke a long time ago. I'm sure I've heard it before, but go ahead, tell me. Uh, your mama's so, I think it was like, your mama's so fat that whenever she wore red, everybody said Kool-Aid. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Uh, I it was said funnier than I could have put it, but. Okay, good. Okay. J-Lo. Yes. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode? Uh, it's a little bit, it's not quite as disturbing as the O'Brien episode when he was going through PTSD, but this is, um, heavy enough that. Although it is kind of disturbing, it's very good. It sticks with you. It really does. You didn't. You never forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you saw it yesterday. I mean, next I, week I and, still haven't forget it, gotten it. Next week, and we could bring it up, and you could be like, "What happened, okay?" <laughs> no, I won't forget. Call the car. Who's he? <laughs> Who's this Colonel Cure lady? I don't even know Major. <laughs> oh, you stop it! Sorry, babe. I didn't know. <laughs> Would you like to talk about the other episode we watched? I will try to. Uh, I will try to uh, summarize as best as I can. Okay. Um. So this episode was based on Ezri Dax. Ezra. Ezri. Um. She. Can I start to where she talks to her mother? You're. You, however you want to do it, but remember, there's a reason why she talked to her mom. Yes. Um, so if I'm, if I remember correctly, her mother wanted her to come back to New Sydney. She talks to her mom because they are looking for Miles O'Brien because the chief has been missing and he, it's possible that he may be on New Sydney. I'm guessing it's a planet, right? Yes. That's kind of a cool name. I thought it was, I thought it almost sounded like a place in Australia because they have a Sydney, Australia. Anyway, I digress. So... She, you know, she's like, um, your name is Esri Dax? And she's like, yes, um, that's the name of the Dax symbiote. Anyone who has a symbiote in them takes on the name of Dax. And she, she says, well, Esri Tegan Dax, I want, uh, uh, I want you to come home. And she's like, well, I can't come home. I have business here. It's like, well, you tell them that you have a difficult mother. And I forgot what else she said. And you have to come home now. Your mom isn't going to help. Your find mom your is not going to help friend. find O'Brien, and you have to come now. She goes home. She sees her brothers, Norva, Norvo, and uh, Janelle. It's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I'm like Janelle, Janelle. Yeah, okay. That's a girl's name, isn't it? Anyway, I met a girl's name, Janelle. Yes. And I. I'm dating this lady who has a cousin that I believe might be named Janelle. Oh, really? Don't worry, it's not you. I'm dating somebody else. Uh, wait, keep wait, going. Hey, 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 hey. No, no, no keep going. Babe. I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to get you. A candy ball? Mm. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. Uh, okay, so she goes home, sees her brother's. Um, I believe Janelle, Janelle is, is the older brother who's doing some things for his, for their mom, right? Right. It's like a business thing, isn't it? Yeah. They're running these, I think they're mines where people work to, you know, get stuff from the ground, that type of thing. Okay. Um, and, Jan and Janelle's supposed to work on this report. Um, 
And Janelle is also... I'm sorry, the other one is a tortured artist. But keep Norvo. Going. Norvo. Keep Norvo going. is a tortured artist, and he is the younger of the two brothers. May I give a little bit of backstory, my dear? Go ahead. O'Brien is... The reason he left to go to New Sydney was because he was looking for the widow. That's right. I was going to get there. Okay. Keep going, then. He was looking for the will widow of uh, this guy. This guy's named uh, Bilby. I forgot what his first name is. And so, anyway, so Esri is talking to her brothers and uh, especially talking to Norvo because I'm guessing that's her younger her younger brother, the two brothers. That's my assumption. Yes. And he's this tortured artist and she's convincing him, hey, you should come to DS9 with me. Take, you know, take your time. Come to DS9 with me. You should get out of this house because... She thinks that her, her, his mother, their mother is a smothering him to death. A smother mother. Smother mother. She's smothering him and mothering him to death. Well. She's still breastfeeding him. No, not like that. You know what I mean. He hasn't been toilet trained yet. Uh, He's 47. Oh my God. Sorry, keep going. Anyway. So, um, he's, she's talking about that. All of a sudden, Miles appears. Am I correct? Miles appears at their house. A guard finds. A guard Miles. finds Miles. A guard finds Miles. It's clear that he's been beat up, and he tells Ezra because um, I think he wasn't very friendly to the guard, um, and he he's been looking for Morika Bilby, who was the woman that was missing, and he informs Ezra that she has been found dead. Can you chime in, please? And O'Brien has just been beaten up by the Orion Syndicate. Yes. Which, they're not the main villain in DS9, but they, they kind of play like an, an odd role. They were the ones responsible for the shuttlecraft um, uh, Shavitas in the episode where uh, Quark was going to testify against them. And Odo and him were stuck on this planet together. Mm-hmm. They've done a few other shady things. Yes, that's right. And O'Brien says, okay, we should look through the computers, make sure everything's all right. They're going through these files. He looks at Ezri and says, were you trying to hide something from me? Right. Because there's some questionable interactions between her family and the syndicate. And she says, I have no idea what's going on here. I, and she really didn't have any idea what was going on. Ezri is kind of ditzy, I've noticed. She is ditzy. She's not quite as there like Dax, like uh, Jedzia was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and the uh, Milo saying, "Well, I I hate to say this, but one of your families may have been one of your, your your family members may have been involved in the death of Marika Bilby, and Marika Bilby was working for them. Was she?" Remember? Oh yeah, you're right. You remember she? Yeah, yeah. She I'm sorry, you're right because it talks about how she first got paid like a small amount of money, and mm-hmm. then it started to grow. And there's a confrontation between the Esri's, the 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 Tegans, the Tegans. I'm sorry, they're yeah. fighting with each other. It comes out that the older brother, mm-hmm. what's the homeboy's name? Janelle. Janelle. <laughs> Started taking money from the syndicate right. a few years back because it looked like their mining company was going to go under. Yep. In exchange, 
he was asked to hire Bilby Marika. Marika Bilby, yeah. Yes. I don't know what, I forgot what her husband's name was. She kept wanting more and more money. Yep. The younger brother killed Marika. She did. He did. O'Brien goes back. Esri stays for the trial. We fast forward. Esri's back on the station trying to have something to drink. Well, hold on. You forgot a part. Tell me. There is a part where her mother asks Esri, she's like, was it my oh, fault? Oh, yeah. Was yeah, that's great. Fault? That's a great yeah. scene. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I totally skipped over that, babe. Well, she so she looks at Esri and she goes, was it my fault, Esri? Do you think I had something to do with this? And Esri walks away. Yes, that's great. That is great. It's just sometimes when you say I forgot a part, it's like, you know, Quark offered somebody a high five. But this, you're right. This is actually a good thing that, that I skipped over and I don't know why I did. <laughs> that's okay. Yes. Okay, so that happens and that is a good scene. Okay, so now we're on the space station. Yeah, go on. O'Brien is sitting down next to Esri. She says that her brother got 30 years in prison and he's like, oh, good. Little bastard deserved it. And she's like... I can see why you felt that way. No, he said, he said. I'm exaggerating. For he it. said, Go ahead. I don't think that was enough time. I said it in my own way, babes. Oh, my goodness. What? That was a twoo. The suppose, sentiment is a sentiment. Suppose somebody watches it and they're look going to see um, that that wasn't exactly said. And they're going to come back to you and say, Rick, you didn't, you, that wasn't the right thing you said. But I break it down <laughs> in Rick speak. Rick speak. He's like, he's like that little bastard. Wick speak, Mick speak. Anyways, Esri says something to the effect of, go ahead, JLo. Um, what did she say? I can see why you felt that way. I can see why you felt that way. But you didn't know him the way we did. You didn't know him the way that we did. He was always the one that we thought was going to be the Really, really special, yeah. We thought that he was going to be really special. And then people just kept bullying him, or she goes on some. Yeah, she says something like people just kept um, telling him and uh, you know degrading him and uh, telling him that he didn't, he wouldn't amount to anything. And of course, that's no excuse. No. Yeah. And that's basically where the episode ends. It's pretty heavy, but it was really good. It really makes you think. Also, I like this episode a lot, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons is. Usually when you have a main cast member on a Star Trek show, let's just go with that. And and in general, you might see them arguing with their family a little bit, but you don't see this sort of view of their relatives as enemies. Right. I know. But have you, I mean, I've noticed this, like if some family member like son or a daughter, or sister, or brother, or dad. The family, for the most part, families are willing to stand behind this person. Um, even though they're, you know, even though uh, the police may have more evidence on this person, they would still stand behind them. Not, not in all cases, but in, in, in a lot of cases. And they go back to, well, this person would never do that, and here's why. This person used to be this way. I know that he's been struggling or she's been struggling with being bullied and being pushed to the brink of hurting somebody, you know, things like that. And it's almost like it's 
almost like they lived in denial yeah. for a long time. They didn't justify it. I mean, Esri talks a little bit about him as a kid, but it's not to say that he didn't deserve a punishment. She was just giving O'Brien an alternative view of this right. guy's life. I, I think it's more denial than anything because they just could never see him doing something so brutal to another person. So let's break it down a little bit. Yeah. What does this episode teach us about Esri? Um, she was willing to see the good in her brother, even though she knew that what she did, what he did was terrible, terribly wrong. And he deserved to be in there. I guess maybe I should rephrase it a little bit. Does it tell us, do we learn anything about who she is as a person? Like background story. I I think so. Yes. What do you think it was like for her growing up in this household? It had to be horrible because, well, we don't know anything about her father, but it sounds like her mom was the one who called the shots. And she, it sounds like she wanted to branch out and do her own thing and not live by her mom's rules all the, t- all the time. If anyone broke her mother's rules, uh, her mother wouldn't let them hear the end of it. I mean, she really had the reins. She really ruled the roost. I have always had this fantasy, babe. Uh oh. That I wish I grew up like super, super rich. Mm-hmm. And it's because I look at it from the outside, like, oh, if you your parents have money, you're good to go for life. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do that. Be like that though. I still have this dream one day that I'll find out that I've inherited. $10 million from some relative who I never met. It's oh, okay. unlikely a, a man can dream. Yes, a boy can dream. A boy and can a man dream. can dream, too. And a man can dream. I'm wondering from your perspective, we get the sense that Esri grew up with money. Mm-hmm. But there's the reality of that, of having an overbearing parent yeah. and living with oppressed siblings. Uh-huh. How do you think that impacted her? Um... I think it impacted her um, pretty significantly. I mean, she, she, uh, you know, she. It was. It's hard for her now to relate to them, and I, and I'm kind of bringing the Dax symbiont into it, right? Go ahead. Because now that she's joined, they have to get used to her personality because now she's got like eight different lifetimes of memories, and and that's another thing in itself. But also. She has branched out. She became a counselor. She's now a counselor, a lieutenant. What is it? Lieutenant? Junior grade. Junior grade, lieutenant, and counselor on DS9. And she she likes it. She wants to do that for herself, and she doesn't want to be under her mother's um, watchful eye. She says something interesting early on in the episode, before mm-hmm. she goes to New Sydney. Yeah. I think she said it to Julie and something to the effect of they're going to have to deal with a new me. And to be honest, they weren't quite sure how to handle the old me. Right. So it kind of makes you wonder, well, how was she before this? Mm-hmm. Was she just as ditzy as before? Or was she flighty? Or was she um, was she flaky? Was she flighty? Was she fickle? Um did she was she all there when it came to different things? Was she as confused as she is now? I don't know. I, I kind of wonder. Hmm. I kind of wonder, but I don't know that we'll ever know. 
How do you think this experience affects the relationship between Dax and O'Brien? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think? Well, the reason I specifically said Dax referring to the Sibian is yeah. because it takes into account the relationship that he had with Jadzia. Yeah, and it was, it was. I mean, they were pretty close. I mean, they were, well, yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, they, they went were through cl- battle together. She they, was she's definitely closer to Benjamin than anybody else. She but. was close to him, but it wasn't, yeah. She was cool with Orion. She was. It's something that I'm still grappling with. I don't know, actually. Honest. I really don't. I'm grappling with it too, and even though I just saw it yesterday. I don't know. But it was a really good episode. What do you think happens with Esri next? Does she visit her brother who's in jail on occasion? Is he still in contact with um, her mom? I, I'm getting... Oops, sorry. That's okay. That's part of your stick. No, it's not. Keep going. It's just an accident. Okay. I, I am thinking that it's possible uh, that she doesn't... She kind of she kind of starts to distance herself from her mother. Judging by what her mother asked her, and then she leaves. She was already, and in a sense, kinda, doing that before she went to New Sydney. Yeah. I think in a way she told her, yes, this is partly, you are partly to blame for this. Mm-hmm. Because had you not smothered him so much and babied him, he probably would have been able to deal with his own problems. Yeah. Um, I mean, when... Ezri comes there, he's still uh, eating baby formula. No, not like... And he's 53. No, that's an exaggeration. Okay. <laughs> no, mama's not giving him a binky or a baba. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baba. Anyway, no, no binkies, no babas. Nice, nice. No pacifiers, no bottles. Good. Um, so, I mean... I think that maybe on occasion she'll visit her brother in prison because I think in in a I think that she still loves her brother regardless of what he has done and she's trying to she's trying to make sense of it. Nice. I would imagine she still visits both her brothers. Mm. Yeah. But not the mom as much. Maybe not. No. Maybe she'll visit them and make sure the mom isn't around mm. because I can tell that there's some contention. There's some tension between the two of those. Between the two of them. I gotta sit up. My elbow was killing me. I was leaning on it. Oh, that's not good. No. Is there anything else you want? Well, before I say that, mm-hmm. would you recommend this episode to anybody? Yes, I would. Okay. What type of person? Anybody. Mm. Anyone that is interested in watching Deep Space Nine and. Maybe it would make them uh, think about all the, you know, whether or not um, they have tension in their own family and how they deal with it. And should a relative commit a murder, how do you deal with it? Without going into personal detail too much. Okay. Did this episode make you think of any aspects of your own family relationships? Yes. Okay. It certainly did. Nice. Because I'll just say this without, you know, giving too much away. In some ways, in my own family, I had, in some ways, felt oppression. As much as they loved me and cared about me, 
and supported me throughout my young life. Um, today I'm still being pulled in different directions. Yes. And I'm still trying to deal with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to deal with it. And, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's really, uh, frustrating. It's really frustrating because some people, some, some relatives just don't want to let go. And I'm not just talking about me personally. I'm, I'm talking about other people. Some of them just don't want to let go mm. of that child that they raised or help raised. They want them to grow up, but they don't want them to grow up. And it's very, very frustrating and very, very, uh, um, it's very difficult. And I've been honest with a lot of people about this. So that's, that's what I would say. I really thought it really made me think about what I've gone through personally and I, and what I feel like I'm still going through. And what maybe you feel like other members of your family have gone through as yes. far as cousins and sisters and whatnot. Right. Nice. Right. I, 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 I will say that I feel like I've gotten more of the brunt of it though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it, and it does feel very heavy. Um, it does feel very heavy sometimes. When you watch more DS9, which is possible we'll do today. I think so. Are you going to look at Esri differently? Are you going to have more empathy for her? I think so. I think so. I won't just think of her as some ditzy lieutenant counselor. Nice. <laughs> no, I, I think that she does have... Um, she does have some depth to her and now I can appreciate her because of what she went through with her family. Does that make sense? It does. Good. Yes. Very good. Jay. Well, very good. After we watched this episode, you and I decided to take a nap. Yeah, that was a long one. I mean, I, I, I it was longer that I took one. It was. It was around two hours, I believe. I think it was almost two hours. I was tired. Yes. I really, I, I must have really needed it. But I'm wide awake right now. That's good. Well, you know, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Uh, I did have a good sleep that uh, later on, but um, anyway. Um, you woke me up this morning. I know. I, I wasn't trying to. I was I sound asleep, and then I hear cough, 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 okay, oh cough, 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 okay, <laughs> cough, cough, cough. And I'm like, what's going on? And like, it's time to get up. No, I didn't say that. No, you didn't. I, I'm exaggerating. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Sorry, that's, you know, that's for commentary. <laughs> Hammond's exaggerating. Oh, my goodness. Look out, everybody. We did have baked potatoes for dinner last night. It turned out super good. And I, fin I finished the last of mine this morning, but it was delicious. Yes. It turned out really well. And then later on tonight, we're going to have paninis. That's right. Yes. And I get to show you two cool movies. Yes. yes. Alana. Yes. You showed me a couple of films last night. I did. That I really enjoyed. Do you want to give the overview of Moana? Yes. Or, so I'll tell you this. You're also going to give the overview of The Goonies because it was hard for me to see everything and you watched it a lot more times. I did. So so just so you know, you're giving overviews on two films today. Okay. Yes, but start with uh, Moana. So um, Moana is a really... I thought it was a great... I thought it was a really fun movie to show you because 
we have connections to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I grew up there. You also have family there and you lived there for a time. And I wanted to show you a movie that um, really uh, emphasizes uh, Polynesian Polynesian folklore and um, a movie that that talks about that because we we I mean for the Disney movies I've seen they haven't they haven't featured like Polynesian uh, cultures in the movie. So everybody who was voicing the characters um, were from each of the Polynesian islands like um, New Zealand and Samoa, or they have uh, ties to the islands, and Hawaii. Um, it was really cool. Um, so, so Moana is, it starts off with uh, this island. It's an island called Motonui, which is a fictional place. And the grandmother of Moana is reading the children stories about the legend of Maui, who is the dem the demigod um, who stole the heart from the island Tefiti. Uh, and when he stole that heart, there was darkness on the island and he had to get it back. But in the legend, he has disappeared. No one can find him and the heart was taken with it with him he disappeared and the legend was to rewrite this wrong somebody had to go on a boat and escort Maui across the great ocean to restore the heart of Tefiti okay so this is where the story starts okay Moana you see Moana sitting by the ocean and she's watching the ocean and it, it, it looks like the ocean is really responding to her. And it is implied in the beginning of the movie that the ocean has chosen her. Her father comes out, takes her inside and says, you can't go there. You have to stay here with us. He doesn't want anyone, including his daughter, to go beyond the wreath. And he's the chief of the island. He is the chief, yes. And so she, you see her grow up. She's a teenager then. And she wants to know, she is destined to be the new chief. She wants to know why they are not, why people are not allowed to go beyond the wreath. Um... So, uh, time passes on. I, I, there's, there's some other things. I don't want to give it too much away because I want everybody to see it. Tell, tell what you want. Time passes on. Uh, the grandmother explains that the reason why her father doesn't want anyone to go over the wreath is because something happened to his friend in the ocean and he couldn't save his friend. And for that, he wants everyone not to suffer and... He doesn't, he does, he's keeping everyone from beyond the wreath because he doesn't want anyone to, he doesn't want to lose anyone. But they're also running out of food. And right? they're also running out of food. And so the grandma shows her this place and she says, in order for you to find the key to what you should do, you have to, you have to bang the drum. She hits two drums, I believe. 
She goes into this room and she bangs a drum. Each drum, the first drum doesn't do anything. The second drum, when she hits it, she sees a bunch of boats. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. And she realizes, oh my goodness, we're our family. We are a family of voyagers. We are a family of voyagers. She tells her grandmother she's very, very happy. Um, she talks to her father and she says, look, I, I, there's somebody needs to get more food. We're running out of food. I can do this. I, I, I'm the one that the ocean has chose, chosen to escort, uh, to restore the heart to Tefiti. So I'm going to do this. Um, and I think unbeknownst to her family, she gets on her boat, she gets into a couple of scrapes. She, um, she has to uh, get rested. And uh, in the midst of all that, her grandmother dies. I think I'm, I think I might be, um, it's, it's possible I may be um, uh, skipping some things. Yeah, I believe the grandmother passed away before Moana got on the boat with her bird friend. Right, before, before she did, yes, yes, before she officially did. But she got on the ocean for a little bit. And I think that was before, oh, I think that might have been before she, she, she found out she was chosen and that they were um, voyagers. Anyway, Correct. Her, her grandmother dies and she says, whatever you do, if you are not on the ocean, even if you're on the ocean, I will, I will be with you. So she decides to get her things together. She's in her canoe. Hey, hey, the chicken. <laughs> really dumb. I but... like him though. He's funny. Okay. Hey, hey, the chicken gets on the boat to be your companion. He's kind of like snuck away into the boat. She he doesn't did. realize it until they're out in the sea. And there's this cute little scene where he jumps off the boat and she goes after him. Right. <laughs> yes, he's, he's a dumb chicken, but he's funny. <clears throat> so he's on, the, he's on the boat with her. And they are um, in some pretty rough terrain, rough, rough waves. Um... And somewhere along the way, I can't remember how, uh, she runs into Maui, voiced by The Rock. Yes, Dwayne Johnson. The man who defeats jabronis. Right. Then feeds them ponies. <laughs> with and, some macaroni. And rice-a-roni. Yes. She lands on this island and meets him. And she's like, you know, thinking this is a bad, bad mofo. And yeah, he, he expects to be worshipped. He expects to be worshipped. And he's like, well, everybody likes me. Everybody likes me. I'm the demigod. And I, I am a hero of men. And she's like, this is ridiculous. Okay. And so she, she repeats this thing where she says, I am Moana of Motonui. You will board my boat. Across the great sea, and and re to rest and restore the heart to Tefiti. And she's trying to say this like what, and, and he's trying to um kind of get into her good graces. Mm -hmm. He doesn't think that she, you know, he doesn't think that he needs to do this. And so he does get on the boat. They make a deal. First, they run into these pirates. First, they run into these pirates who take his wand hook, hook his hook, which. Gives him the ability to shapeshift. Yeah, ta uh, Tom Tamatoa is the um, is the crab, 
who got his hook. So they run into him. He's kind of a funny crab, would you say? Yes. Yes. And so, so without the without the hook, he 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 believes doesn't have any power. So, would you like to chime in? They make a deal. They're gonna go and get the hook, and then they're gonna go and save the islands. Mm-hmm. They travel to this place, and there's like a mountain he has to climb. It leads into the land of monsters, I believe they refer to it in the movie. I believe so. Believe so. He tells Moana, stay here with Hey Hey, and I'll be back soon. Yeah. But Moana, being somebody who marches to the sound of her own drum, follows him up. Literally, yeah. Yeah. There's this great scene where they're at the top of this mountain. She's like, there's no door here. Yeah. He does this little chance. Yeah. The passageway opens. He jumps in and he's just like, ah, oh, I'm still falling. Oh. <laughs> I'm falling. She decides to jump in after him. Yeah. I love it. He lands and is like, there's no way she'd jump in after me. Uh-huh. And then she falls on him, goes... Like a couple of feet, and then it's like I think she's snatched by something. He's like, "Oh, she's probably dead," <laughs> but it turns out she's alive. Yeah, that was funny. Just take it from here, J Lo. Yay. Um. So somewhere along the way, um, they're almost on the way to Tefiti, but somewhere along the way, Maui sort of Maui desert deserts her because he. We should say that he got the thing back. Just so we wrap up. That he got part. the hook back. Yes. He deserts her and says, "I'm not the one. You're, you should not be. You know, I I don't want to do this anymore. You're not. I'm not returning the heart. Forget it." And could I maybe interject for a few seconds? Yes. Okay. If you must. They try to go to Tafiti. I believe she has a dream about it and yes, wakes up. Yes, she does. Up. Yes, she does. And they're traveling. I hope I'm I'm getting it in sequence. Yeah. Okay. There's these like pirates. He jumps off the boat, and then he jumps back on, and he's like, okay, move back. And she just keeps moving forward. Uh-huh. The boat is thrown. His thing... Hook? Hook. It isn't broken completely, but it looks like it's about to fall It apart. looks like it's about to fall, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get into a bit of a heated argu- discussion. Yeah, an argument, yeah. About, well, he tells her, well, why didn't you move the boat? Yeah, why didn't you She's move like, it? I didn't think you were serious, bro. Yes. Then he says, okay, you're on your own. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, good luck with that. She does make it to Tafiti. And she realizes that the island is gone, or at least it looks like the island is gone. And then she says, I am going to call the island to me. So she she was able to call the island, and she... Um, I forgot what she sings, but she's singing to the island and she's saying, this is who you are, who you really are. And so she she gives a rock back to the island. And you said it was a really cool scene when you saw that. And they embrace. And and, and while this is going on, uh, she finds out later on that Maui's hook is... Maui's hook is restored and he appears again. What happens is he comes back to help with the fight. Yes. And this like green lady who I guess is a god 
picks the two of them up in her hand, uh-huh. gives Maui a new hook. Uh-huh. You know, uh, Moana starts worshiping the god. The lady puts them back down on the island, which mm-hmm. is now vegetated. Yeah. So there's this scene earlier on the boat yeah. when Maui first joined her. Yeah. Where he's talking about uh, exploring the seas. I forgot what he called it. Some job of being a sailor. Uh, I can't remember either. I have to watch. I have to look at that. Yeah. So we're getting the terminology wrong with this, but okay. basically, she says. Uh, he 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 tells her that he has to go, and she says something to the effect of, but we need you. We need somebody to be a good sailor. And he tells her, you already got someone. It's you. Oh, I, I forgot what the sailor term was. Yes, the, I know that because I just asked you. The, what, I forgot what it was, though. You, I know. We we established that you forgot, baby. Oh, my God. And then she wants to go, bounce. No, no, she doesn't. like, no. No, she doesn't. Okay. It's not that kind of movie. But he gives her a hug. She gives him a hug, rather. I know, but she doesn't, yeah. And then everything is kind of like restored. Everything is restored. And she comes back home. Yes. Yes. It is a good movie. Historically, I have been disappointed in Disney movies. And. Yeah, but you haven't watched a lot, though. I'm, I'm telling you. Okay. I shall we. I'm usually baffled by the fact that it seems like if there's an animated movie and they put the Disney logo in front of it. No matter how it is, people will tell you that it's like one of the most brilliant films of that year. Um, so I wasn't sure what to think of this movie going in. Is mm-hmm. it going to be a case like that or is it going to be actually good? Mm-hmm. And this was a pretty good movie. Yeah, good. I'm glad you liked it. I, I, I had a feeling you were going to like it. Yeah, I think it also helps that I haven't been hearing since it came out how great it is. You know, like you've told me about it. And I may have heard a few people discuss it on some movie pundit sites. Right. But it hasn't been overkill. Like, this is this is such a great movie. This defines my entire existence. But just thing. because you you heard that it was a good movie, it doesn't mean it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a horrible movie. No, but I find with Disney, people are looking for an excuse to like it. You know what I mean? No. It's like... Um, People will say a movie is good just because it's a Disney film. Is the sense that I've gotten. Okay, well, I I've never had that experience, but well, there is a lot of movies that, and there's some Disney movies that I haven't watched either. Right, but so. we disagree over some of them. The most notably, Aladdin. Aladdin wasn't that bad. It, it wasn't as it wasn't as bad as The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I was really disappointed with. Actually, true, but I'm sure you could find people who say The Hunchback of Notre Dame is a classic movie. Just because it has the Disney logo on it. Uh, I I disagree, but... Another recent example is Up. Like, I thought it was better than Aladdin. It's not okay. a horrible movie, but it's... I'm surprised it's considered as great by so many people. Considered mm-hmm. to be great by so many people. Okay. This film actually lived up to the hype. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was good. I, I, I don't know. I, I know that my family likes it, and I like it, and I know a few people that do, but um, it's. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I thought Moana was a strong seven. Yes. I want to know, babes. Yes. What does this film teach us about prejudging people who we only hear about but don't actually know? Hmm... Well, as the saying goes, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't 
prejudge people unless you actually get to know them. It's it's hard to do sometimes. Like, for example, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if celebrities would be a good example of that because you don't know, you know of them, but you haven't met them. You can only, you can only just have this idea in your head about how they're like or whatever it is. In a way, Maui is a celebrity yes. on this island. He's yes. it, like, he's one who they don't see. I guess that's, you know, could feed into the whole celebrity thing. He's like, uh, Saddam Hussein, I guess. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's just the first person who came to my mind. Okay. But he's, he's like an evil celebrity. Mm-hmm. And that is the type of person who Moana is expecting to meet. He's a little bit arrogant, but he means well, and he made a few mistakes, but right. he's not a horrible... He's not evil. Yeah, he's not evil. He's not evil. He just did something really wrong, and he needs to restore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has something like that ever happened to you to where you'll hear about how bad a person is and then actually meet them and be surprised how much you enjoyed their company? Um, hmm... Not, I can't think of any examples. Mm. I wish I did. Um, I haven't, I I have heard of friends meeting celebrities that they thought that they were this way, but they were actually a nice person. Yeah. But I also heard stories of my friends meeting celebrities that he, they thought that, the, that they were this way, but they were just this horrible, mean person. Mm-hmm. So, but that hasn't happened to me personally. And so I wish I had a better example. What does Moana teach us about defying authority? Um, I, so I think that it's interesting because she was, she wasn't thinking about herself, right? She was thinking about the, the well-being of the people on the island because she was becoming the next chief. And her father, as much as she loved her father, wasn't giving her a good enough reason why she should not go beyond the wreath or that anybody should go beyond the wreath. And I've noticed that with older adults, I'm not just talking about adults that I know, but older adults, like they'll, they'll say, no, you can't do this, but they won't give you a reason why. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And I think that it's only fair to say, well, why, why shouldn't I do this? Why do you not want me to do this? Why do you, why are you advising me not to do this? Is did something happen to you, and you are trying to warn somebody not to do it because it happened to you, or you know what I mean? So I don't know that she was necessarily defying authority, um, but more that she wanted to find out what her father wasn't going to tell her and she was she was going to do it whether he wanted her to or not because she knew that whatever it was it was going to help the well-being of the people on the island if i could interpret it what you just said yes sounds like what you're saying basically is desperate times call for desperate measures yes and while moana's father may have been a great leader when things are going good Things are now a little bit shaky, mm-hmm. and that requires somebody like Moana, 
who is a member of the younger generation to think outside of the box. Right, and I and I don't think she meant to do that to her or her father. I think she just she felt that she was chosen and she had to do it. Mm. Yeah. She felt that the ocean chose her and she had to do that and she she felt that, that was the only way that things were gonna get were gonna get done. Yes. And she wasn't gonna put her people in danger. No. Yeah. What type of life does Moana have? After things get restored at the end of the movie. I think she has a much better life. Um, she probably becomes the next chiefess, I guess. And, um, you know, and, and already they're asking her questions. And she is trying to be like a, a, a person that they can consult. And um, I think that she makes her parents proud. Especially when she was willing to go all the way. Uh, to 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 go all the way to Tefiti just to um re restore the heart and restore that island and to restore her island. Let's explore the idea of heaven in an afterlife very briefly. Okay. Uh, Moana believes in these island gods. Right. Right. So she doesn't believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But she saves so many people. Mm -hmm. Right. Presumably, she's going to continue believing in the gods based on her experiences. Mm -hmm. When she dies, does Moana go to heaven? Uh, I can't. I would say no. Wow. But that's not for me to to put the final judgment on that. She okay. pro she may not. Wow. She may not. Um, but again, she isn't a real person. No, but you when you watch a movie. I don't I don't think of it that way though. Okay. I mean I know you think of it that way and that's 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 cool, but I, I don't Wow. I don't think of them as real people. I mean let's I know they're not real people, mm -hmm. but when I, I have to think of them as real when I'm examining a film. But I, I would I would say no. Mm. Um but that's my that's my own opinion. But at the same time I can't make the final judgment on that. It's not me really for me to condemn or condone. Uh oh. But if if you were to ask me, I would say no. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that more during a Bible study. Okay. Um <laughs> Does Moana ever see Maui again, do you think? I would imagine she does. Mm. Because remember she says, We need you to be on our island. I forgot what he she said, what position she could he could be in the sailor the sailor the yeah. other name for the sailor i forgot what it's gonna remember i cannot remember um yes. but anyway um i think he i think he does come back to the island with her mm. and and remain there and, and they become they become friends do More, you think bigger. that they uh no okay <laughs> i know what you're gonna say okay you're gonna turn it into a co-op movie oh what if i would never <laughs> do that so what else? <laughs> yes you would bub oh, what else? But I love you anyway, okay? I love you too, J. Wool. <laughs> Do you think mm -hmm. that the green god who gives Maui his power to shapeshift back? Mm -hmm. Do you think she is proud of Moana and what she accomplished? I would think so. Mm. Yeah. That was that was that Tefiti, the island, or was that the the goddess or it was a green goddess okay. it seemed like i have to i have to go through the description because i cannot remember who that was mm. 
Okay. Yes. Um, I would imagine that she is. How much of Moana's faith mm -hmm. do you think plays into her success in this movie? I would imagine it does. Um, because she has she has faith in the legend of Maui and um I think it certainly does because she puts a lot of faith in her in the ocean too. What does this film teach us about rising up to a challenge even when you don't think that you're ready? Mm. Because there's a lot of uh, funny stuff in here about Moana practicing to basically force Maui to join her or, or to get, get him, you know, mm -hmm. where he's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So what do we learn from that? What was the question again? What does this film teach us about rising up to a challenge when we may think that we're not ready mm. or being certain? It's, um, well, you know, that, that, um, that, that phrase, a uh, leap of faith, right? It takes a leap of faith. Mm. And sometimes even if you're not ready, you just have to do it because you'll never know if you don't, if that's something that you feel that you should do. Mm -hmm. You'll never know if you, you know, you'll never know if you shouldn't have done it or if you should have done it, if you didn't, if you didn't take that leap. I want to know. What does the life of Moana's father look like after this adventure? I know he's proud of his daughter, but does he spend his remaining years feeling defeated? Like he's been so wrong and now he must submit to her for the rest of his life. I don't think he does feel defeated. Okay. I think that maybe after this, he has a better understanding of, you know, maybe I should have handled it better. And even though I wasn't able to save my friend, the people of our island have been saved because mm. of my daughter's actions. Yes. And I have to I have to be grateful and thankful for that. Because even if I couldn't save my friend, other people were saved. It's a good movie. Yes. 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 Is there anything else you want to say about it? Uh, philosophy or how you felt as a Christian hearing so many people refer to these gods as... as um, I mean, I, I was, you know, I knew that about Hawaiian folk folklore, for example, because Hawaiians, if you, if you know, they, um, they worship an amakua. Mm -hmm. You know what that is, right? Yes. It's like a fish, right? Yes. And, and they put a lot of faith in the gods and the goddesses. Um, and even though I don't, I kind of understand where that came from. So it doesn't bother you then? Well, it's just, they're just legends. I mean, it it's not something that I believe in. It doesn't bother me that I am that I watched a movie like this, but it, it, it makes me, it educates me about folklore, about T T uh, uh, Polynesian folklore. Well, here's an interesting question. Uh oh. Um, presumably, mm -hmm. there's a lot of Hawaiians who are not Christian. Yeah. And who died believing in folklore. Right. Do you believe that most Hawaiians go to hell? Um, I can't say most Hawaiians go to hell because, again, I'm not the judge of all the all things of all things dying. Okay. Because I'm not the ultimate judge. Yes. Um, so I really can't 
say that. Oh. Yeah. Yes. I can't I can't I can't give my judgment on that. But you have opinions though. I do have opinions, but I'm not the ultimate judge. I cannot I can't say that. Sounds like somebody's trying to be PC. No, but she but you know what I mean? Yes. I really I could say what my opinion is and what I believe, but I, I'm not the ultimate judger. I'm not going to condemn anybody to hell. But I'm also going to be honest about what I believe concerning that. Like I said about Moana. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. I'm not trying to be PC. I can't stand PC okay. <laughs> culture. Okay, okay. Did you say that because you wanted me to explain that? I was just curious about that. No, I mean the PC thing because you because you said that it sounded like I was PC. Yeah, like, because you weren't saying my my understanding of you, and I could be wrong, is that you believe that most people who are Hawaiian are going to hell, but you you feel like you don't know for sure. I don't know, for and you sure. don't want to go out on the limb and say. It and I don't, I don't want to condemn an entire you know entire race to hell. Yeah, but I'm also going to be honest and say, well, if they. You know what I believe about believing in those um, gods and goddesses. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting, Jay Wool. Yes. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this movie? Uh, Watch it. It's good. It's really good. It's yes. enjoyable. Yes. It's quite an adventure. Yes. Now, Jay Lo. Yes. I, I can't remember if I, I said this here, but. It's known that I've not seen The Goonies before last night. And I was really surprised because that's like an 80s classic. And, and you grew up in Oregon. Right. And the only thing I've really seen Sean Astin in mm -hmm. before this movie mm -hmm. was he was on this really bad Netflix sitcom called No Good Nick. Which okay. felt like it should have been a Nickelodeon show made in like the late 90s. Okay. And it's about this girl who... It's, it's the premise is really interesting, but the execution is awful. Okay. Sean Aston is like this upper middle class guy, and this girl whose family got ruined by him mm -hmm. pretends to be their long lost cousin. Oh and, wow! And starts to live with the family. Is this supposed to be like a family, um, kind of a family sitcom? Sort yes, of? but when I read the description of it, I thought it was a dramatic show. Yeah. So I started watching it, and I thought, oh, this is a funny take on it. Let me see. I saw two episodes of it, and I'm like, I don't need to watch this. You are right, right. And I, then I, I Googled it because I was so fascinated. And it says, Sean Aston, celebrity, mm -hmm. talks about his new show. And I'm like thinking, who the hell is Sean Aston? You don't know who Sean Aston was? I know who he is now because you've told me more about him. Yeah. But I don't really know his work. Um. Besides for that show and now The Goonies. Mm -hmm. Would you like to de describe this film? I will try. I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because you have to see it. It's a really fun film. Um, it starts in this house that is famously known as the Goonie House. and Which is still around, but somebody lives there now, unfortunately. Um, it's in Astoria, Oregon. And... These kids are there. There's a uh, mouth. That's his his nickname. Who's played by uh, Corey Feldman? There's Chunk, aka Lawrence. Chunk I is great. I cannot remember who plays him. Um, he's one of their good friends, and he's a fat kid in the group. There's Mikey, but with uh, Sean Astin. 
There's Data, who's this uh, Asian kid who's really smart, and he knows about making uh, booby traps. Booby traps. Booby. Hey, hey. Sorry, go ahead. Booby traps. And I, I um, something. Mm. Go ahead. And uh, and then Brand, aka Brandon, is Mikey's older brother, and it starts <laughs> to where. Um, the mom comes in there. The kids are all gathered. The mom comes in and says, okay, we're going to start packing because, um, the goondocks is their neighborhood and all these houses are going to be demolished and made into like, uh, industrial things. Could I interrupt you for a second? What? I would say this is kind of where we meet all the kids, but it actually starts off with these criminals busting out of prison. Right. They're the Fratellis. Yes. But keep going. Okay. The Fratellis we'll get into later because they are the the major villains in this movie. Um, so uh, it starts off with the kids. They're uh, doing their own thing in Mikey's house. The mom comes in with the maid. She speaks Spanish. <laughs> this is a great scene. <laughs> and with Corey, um, Feldman. Corey Feldman mouth um, says, "You know, Mrs. Walsh, I can translate for you." And she told the she told the maid that the marijuana is in here. The um, heroin is in there. Um, make sure that you separate the drugs. <laughs> and um, and he's and you know he's translating the Spanish stuff, but that's not that's not what the mom was saying. Yeah, that's what Corey Feldman tells. Her. Yeah, and and he she shows this the attic upstairs, and she's like, you know, um, my husband does not, you know, Mister Wash does not want anybody to go up there, and he says. Um, if you do a bad job, we'll put you up there for two weeks without any food and water. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he le she leaves with the maid and um, they start going upstairs and they're in the attic and they're like looking at these weird outfits and they're looking at the stuff and then they find this treasure map. And... They uh, and Mikey was telling them about what their their dad told him about this pirate named One Eyed Willie and how great this pirate was, and they wanted to see if they could find out more about his treasure and more about One Eyed Willie. Would you like to chime in, Bob? There's some discussion. Yes. The younger kids decide to go on an adventure. Mm -hmm. They tie up Brand Brand, and leave. The mom comes home and says, you know, you got to get your younger brother. And he's like, Rosalita, can you please let me out of here? Yes. Ma, ma. <laughs> they had also uh, slots of tires to his bike. So he ends up stealing this bike from this, this little girl. Boy. Yeah. He's like, my bike. <laughs> There's this funny scene where he's going down the highway and the car comes by with this evil guy named Troy and these two girls. Andy and Steph. Andy and Steph. So Brand grabs onto like the inside of the car and goes along with them for a while. <laughs> I didn't remember. thrown off. I remember that. He's like, ah. <laughs> yes. By this time, our young protagonists have met our villains. The Fratellis. The Fratellis. The Fratellis. There's Mama Fratelli. Danny DeVito's Mama. And uh, and then there's a two Fratelli brothers. And there's another Fratelli brother that we're gonna meet yes, towards the sloth. end. Sloth. They call He's him my Sloth. My favorite Fratelli. <laughs> Not a criminal. 
Um, and so they go into this really bad restaurant. It's dirty. It's dingy. It's disgusting. You know, and they're like, do you want anything, boys? And they're really, really freaked out because the mom's scary. I bet she looks scary, too. Yes. And she's like, get him a few waters. And then, and then the, and then Mikey, I'm not Mikey, um, Mouth being the weird person that he is, he's like, I want some whatever, whatever, and the wine of whatever. And, and he's trying to get that. But, um, but the kids are freaked out and they're like, oh, um, and, and then Mikey speaks up and says, um, excuse me, um, is there a bathroom? I need to go to the bathroom. It's like, I don't think you want to go into the bathroom <laughs> in a place like this. Chunk is warning him. He's like, I don't think you should. And he's like, um, I really have to go to the bathroom. And he's like, okay, downstairs, Forster on the right. On the right. There's some great stuff in this movie. Some chaos ensues. I know you don't want to give it up. I don't, I don't. So we'll speed it up a little bit. Um, it, Chunk, huh? Go ahead. Oh, and there's a there's one scene where Chunk is kidnapped by one of the Fratelli brothers, the singing Fratelli. Yes. Because he's like, yeah, there's these guys and there's these villains and they they look like blah 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 blah. And he's thinking at this guy as a police officer, and he starts singing and he they kidnap him and he's like ah ah and take him back to the to that uh, restaurant where they're at, and uh, the mama the mama tries to uh, put his his whole entire arm in the blender. Yes, and he confesses to all the stuff <laughs> that has nothing to do with the story, but it, it's awesome. <laughs> He's eventually tied up with Sloth. Yes. He gets Sloth to break out by... Uh, Giving him chocolate. Yes. Baby Ruth. Yeah. There's this whole adventure, and at the end of the movie... Chunk says, Sloth, I want you to come and live with me. I love you, Sloth. Yeah. And he's like, I love you, Chunk. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and then and then it 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 and then and then uh, before that happens though, Sloth goes to his mama and is like, Remember when I used to sing to you when I was a little when you were a little boy? And then I think he picks up his mama. Yep. And he's like, Hey, wait a minute, I, I, I may have dropped you once or maybe or twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> but he ends up he ends up living with Chuck. He's like, You're gonna live with me now because I love you. He's like, I love you, Chuck. Oh, I love you, Sloth. Did they like each other? Yes, oh. I think so. I was hard to tell, but I really like that Chunk does this and doesn't even ask his parents <laughs> if it's okay. In the meantime, the parents give him a, a pizza. A, yes. a a slice, a big a big thing of pizza. Yes. <laughs> So let's I I enjoyed this movie a lot. My yes. biggest complaint is that it was dark, so it's a little bit hard for me to tell everything. You could have put, you could ask me to put the light on. No, the light was on. I'm talking about the way most of it was shot in the underground. Scenes. Right, right. Okay. Um where do you think Chunk and Sloth are today? I would still say that they are living in his house. Um, on the goondocks, eating chocolate every day, and watching TV, and Sloth is, is free to roam around the house. I'm guessing he probably has some disabilities. Yes. Because her, his mother didn't treat him well, and even though he acknowledges that he's still a part of the family, he's not taking part in the 
The stuff with the brothers. That's a good segue into my next question. Okay. What does sloth teach us about shame? Mm. So I I feel so I, I feel empathy for sloth because he was chained up in that room, right? Mm. Remember when he would say, Check on your brother. Yes. Go check on your brother, right? He she still acknowledges that sloth is her son and her and, and their brother, but she doesn't give him any attention. Like he doesn't have a lot of physical attention and physical contact with people. Which goes into the thing of he's hidden away. Yes, he's hidden away. Even though they acknowledge him, they they don't they don't give him any attention. And do you think mm-hmm. that they love sloth, or do they keep him around because they just don't know what to do with him? I think they keep him around because they don't know what to do with him. Mm. I mean, even though the the brother was there and he was singing to him, you know, he didn't really care about sloth. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think it was just, oh, we got to go check on Sloth, and then we got to do our stuff. Why is Sloth disabled? Is it because his mom used to throw him on the ground, or does he do drugs during the pregnancy? Or was there just um, some freak accident? I don't even know if that's really his real name, Sloth, or it was supposed to be Sloth. But I would imagine that it's because he da- she damaged his head. Hmm. Literally. Do you think... That it's one of those things where she's oppressed it so hard by turning to this life of crime? Or did the life of crime lead her to damaging him? Um, I, that's a good question. Maybe she was a criminal before the boys were born. Mm. You know, she was doing this for so long and she wanted her boys to be just like her. Except for Sloth. Maybe that's not what he, what she wanted for Sloth. Well, and and plus, after he was brain damaged, which I'm guessing he is, that's probably why. Mm. Yeah. Poor sloth. Yes. Yes. What does Chunk teach us about honesty? (laughs) A lot. But I don't think he knows what to be honest about and what not to be honest about. But it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we could go on with character analysis, or mm-hmm. we could just say that this is a very interesting film. I don't think we have to go on with character analysis. I think this is something that, and this is the reason why I didn't give a lot of detail, because it's such a fun movie. Um, it's, it's fun to watch with your family. It's fun to watch by yourself. And I think people would like it. But you don't necessarily want to go into the psychology no. behind the Goonies. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> no, I enough. don't. Yeah, because there's so much in it. Yes, yes. And it's it's quite an adventure movie. Yes. Yes. I enjoyed it a lot. I am so glad that I saw this movie. I think I would have liked it a lot as a little kid. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, that was a fun movie to watch as a kid. Mm. Yeah, fun. How old were you when you saw it? Um, oh, wow. I mean, I saw it a lot. So I would imagine I was in elementary school, so maybe like... I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I saw it over the years. Nice. I was in elementary school. And it was was directed by Richard Donner, Uh who I think did the Die Hard films, but he did another movie that I really enjoyed called Conspiracy Theory, Mm. which is a lot different from The Goonies. Obviously. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's one that I think that we should watch at some point. Mm. Maybe not right away, but...
someday soon. Oh, and then, uh, and, and, it, and it was, um, I read that, um, Cindy, they were in the Cindy Lauper video, the, 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 the kids. At one point they're watching Cindy Lauper on TV, I believe. Yes. yes. And, and the song that she did, I believe was called the Goonies are good enough. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's when Cindy Lauper was super big. Does watching this film uh, make you feel sad for Corey Feldman? No. Okay. I think uh, a lot of the stuff that he went through, he put it on himself. And I'm not saying that, um, I'm not saying that he doesn't have, I I would imagine that he's, um, he's trying to do well for himself now. Um, but he did get into quite a, um, a lot of trouble with with the things that he got in trouble with but no i don't think so i it's sad to see that it was the beginning of it if that makes any sense it does yeah is there but any... he's still alive yes yes so that's that's that that makes me happy that he's still alive even though he's probably a jerk well i don't know I he's don't a know. weirdo for sure but... he's he's weird but maybe he's changed i mean he's been He's been around for a while. I mean, people can change if they really want to. I don't know if he'll ever change. You don't know that, I but... I could be wrong, babe. I be could wrong. be wrong. All right. All right. All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about this movie? No, it's just so good. I think you should watch it. Very good. Well, it's... I did last night. Well, not you. I did get you. Other people. Okay, okay. you viewers. There we go. There we go. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night, J-Lo? I did not, but I slept very well nice. until I woke up and I was coughing. But that's that's okay, though. That's nice. That happens. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Is there anything else you want to say? No. I think what we should do, babes, mm -hmm. we should make out. Have a snacky. Have a snacky. And uh, maybe do some wild stuff, and then you read me from wild the, stuff. Okay. And you read me from the good book. Would you stop it, <laughs> Bubs? What? Honestly. Okay. It was so weird. Really? Yeah. All right. So I want to kiss you. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll give you that honor. Oh, what do you come on? Mm. 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 Okay, that's all enough. Right, all right. All right. <laughs> All right, Jay Lowe, unless there's anything else you want to say? Uh, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, even though it's coming out later. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Until next time. Until next time.